Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Friday Night Marathon. Welcome. Today is Friday, January 26, 2024. We're starting a little bit early tonight. And uh, we are excited to be here with Pastor Peter Torres. Brother Peter, we got the next hour together. You want to open us in prayer? Praise God. Let's do that. Wonderful Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we come in that name, Lord, because there is no other name by which man can access the throne room of God. Father God, if we tried to access it, Lord, through all our efforts and all our energies, Lord, it would amount to nothing. It doesn't matter the ritual. It doesn't matter, Lord, whether we have beads or candles or slay oxen, Father God, none of that impresses you. But when we look to the cross... When we call upon the name of that one who died on that cross for us, we have access through the torn veil of his flesh into the holiest of holy places. That place, O oh God, where your presence dwells. And so as we enter that place, Lord God, we ask, O oh God, that you would help us, O oh God, reflectively to look upon our own hearts and minds and actions today. Lord, if we have violated your commandments, Lord, if we come with iniquity in our hearts, Lord God, would you cleanse us? Would you wash us? And as we enter in, Lord God, would you take control? Father God, we know your word even talks about such and one who is known as the prince of the power of the air. Oh Lord, he comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. He comes to disrupt. He comes to confuse. He comes, Lord God, with not a single good intention. But we thank you tonight, oh God, that that one whom we call Lord, Jesus, the Christ, the Mashiach of God, is indeed the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. And every knee must bow to him, and every tongue must confess for the glory of God that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we declare him Lord tonight over the airwaves, and Lord over our tongues and our ears and our hearts, Lord over our homes and our computers and our smartphones and tablets and whatever else we may be using to listen tonight. He is Lord over it all. And so we pray tonight, Lord, come with majesty, come with power, come with grace, come, O oh God, with anointing, and be God over everything we do. 
Lord God, I pray tonight that my preaching and my teaching would not be with persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the power of God that when I am done, people would not say, Oh, Brother Shannon, who was that man? He, he's such a talented preacher. No, Lord, when, when we're done tonight, may souls tremble at your altar and declare how awesome, how wonderful, how glorious is that God that that man spoke about. Father, let this be the case tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Welcome, Brother Peter. Everybody, welcome aboard tonight. How you doing, my friend, since the last time? Oh, I am doing wonderfully well. It, it's, been a, it's been a busy time, but praise God, everything is good. And as a parent of three children yourself, you can appreciate this. Right now, everyone at home is relatively healthy, which is in and of itself <laughs> an amazing blessing. Amen to that. I understand that term really well. Well, <laughs> I'm glad to have you back here tonight, my friend. The mic is yours. Welcome aboard. Praise God. Thank you for having me. Brothers, sisters, and friends listening tonight, I want to talk to you about a rather heavy subject. As I prayed about what to bring tonight, I kept coming back to this one theme. I'm going to hang my hat essentially on two verses of Scripture. But then I'm also going to be in a story. So if you love the Bible, let me tell you where we're going to be. We're going to open in Numbers 32, verse 23. If you have a Bible or a Bible app and you want to open that up. Now, if you have a way to sort of hold that, but then also open 1 John 1, 9, do that. And then be prepared because we're also going to be jumping into an example from Joshua chapter 7. If you're not familiar with the story, you can read it when we're done. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject, unrepented sin. You see, in the book of Numbers, this is part of the Pentateuch, part of the five books of Moses, the law of Moses. And in Numbers 32, verse 23, we read these words. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. But then in 1 John 1 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, I want to speak to you tonight on the topic, unrepented sin. And the first thing I want to talk to you about is this. Let, let me put these verses of scripture in context. I love First John. Because all through scripture, you see different persons, different apostles telling you, Paul tells you, Peter tells you, James doesn't use this phrase, but he implies very strongly that you need to make your calling and election sure. Test yourself to be sure that you're in the faith. But then what's the test? And if you have time and you read 1 John 1, 9, in fact, if you don't have the time and you've never read it, make the time. It's the test. It will tell you whether or not you are in the faith. 
And there, John gives us these very encouraging words. If we confess our sins, he, God, the holy and righteous judge of all the world, is both faithful and he is just. He is right. He is correct. He is fair in forgiving our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. But in numbers, what's going on? You see, as the people were preparing to go into the promised land, there were a group of people, the half-tribe of Manasseh and some others, who had come and, you know, the Israelites had had war on the western side, on the other side of the Jordan, before crossing over into the promised land. And they had taken some cities. And these people had established homes and established places for their flocks. And they said, this is good land. We want to stay here. And Moses warned them, this this is... He wanted to test their heart because something may be wrong with your heart. How can you be content to find a home here when your brothers and sisters have no home over there? God forbid that they should march out to war and you should be content and in safety. This is very much akin to when the New Testament tells us that we are all one body. And if one member of the body is hurting, we all hurt. When one goes to war, we all go to war. When one is in mourning, we mourn with those who mourn. When one is in celebration, we rejoice with those who celebrate. We are one body. And so the people say, no, we we will go and we will send our strong warriors and we will cross and we will not take our rest until our brothers have their land. And so Moses says to them, fine, but if ye will not do so, if you will not keep your word, if today. There is a lie in your heart. There is dishonesty or deception in your heart. And you really don't intend to fulfill your word. Then you have sinned against the Lord right now. And be sure your sin will find you out. So the first thing I want to deal with is the question, how do we remedy these two verses? God is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. Your sin will find you out. And if you think for a moment, well, there's no need to remedy these two verses. One is Old Testament and one is New. Then you are highly mistaken and possibly even buying in to one of the worst lies of our generation. And that is the lie that the God of the Old Testament is one type of God. And the God of the New Testament is a different type of God. Behold, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. The Lord our God, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not the great I was or the great I will be. He is ever and always the great I am. He is that one, that only one about whom it could be said that yesterday I am, and today I am, and tomorrow I am. He's not going to be anything different than he is today, and he was never different in the past than he is today. He's not learning and growing and evolving and changing and developing and making decisions. He is God. He doesn't begin a thing until he's finished the thing. The moment he starts it, you can rest assured that he's going to deliver. That is why when they brought Jesus in to dedicate him, the old man who had been waiting and had been promised by God that he would not die until he saw the salvation of God, could take the baby Jesus in his arms. Jesus had not preached a sermon yet. He had not done a miracle yet. He had not walked upon the waters yet. He had not calmed the raging seas yet. He had not preached 
about the Sermon on the Mount, or nor had he opened the blinded eye as of yet. Jesus had not at this point gone to the cross or received a single lash. He had not resurrected. He was simply born. Yet the old man could take up this baby and said, Now, mine eyes, as that old song here says, have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He could say, Now the promise has been filled. Now is Israel. Now are the people of God liberated. Well, the baby hadn't done anything. Oh, don't you get it? God started. He knew God doesn't start a thing unless he's finished. So, if God is always the same, how then do we have the one verse? Be sure your sin will find you out. That phrase in the Hebrew to find out means also to secure, to acquire, to get, to learn, to devise. It means to happen, to meet, to fall in upon, to befall. In other words, your sin will encounter you. Your sin will be discovered and lifted up. Your sin will be recognized and detected. Your sin will be required of you. Well, how do we remedy these two verses? Is he faithful and just to forgive? Or is he going to put our sin out there and require it of us? And the answer, my brothers and sisters, if you go back to 1 John 1, 9 and just read the second verse. So if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Go to verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not with us. And if you missed it, let me explain. The issue here is unrepented sin. The remedy is the confession. Let me say that again. The issue is unrepented sin, the remedy is confession. You're not getting it. Okay, let me explain. You see, there is a huge difference between unrepented sin and sin that we have taken to God for cleansing. You see, my brother and sister, first of all, I am talking to brothers and sisters here. I am not talking to the casual inquirer. I am not talking to the person who's wondering about God. You see, listen to me, to the sinner out there in the world, to the thief and the alcoholic, to the womanizer and the abuser, to the liar and the thief, to the person who's out there without hope, does not know God. Sin is not that person's problem. That person's problem is that they do not know Jesus. They will not go to hell for the individual sins they have committed. They will go to hell because of the sin that abides over them, the sin nature. But God provided in Jesus Christ the remedy. So to the sinner, he sins. Some of you have heard me say this. I am not surprised that sinners sin. I have a dog. My dog barks. I have friends who have cats. Their cats meow. This is what they do. If a mosquito lands on me and I do not swat it away in the summer, I am not surprised that I get bitten. That's what the mosquito does. And the sinner sins. That's what he or she does. But when we've been born again, And we find ourselves in a Romans 7 situation. What am I talking about? I've got this new nature and my new nature wants to serve God and wants to bless God. But I have this old carnal nature struggling in me and it it wants to sin. And so the thing I want to do, the good, the following of the commandments of God, the living a holy life, I do not do. 
And the things I desire not to do, the sin, the ego, the selfishness, the lying, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. What am I saying then? To the sinner, their issue is that they're not saved. But to the saved, there is a huge difference between private, quiet, secret sin. Or the perpetually practiced sin that corrupts and hardens the heart and pushes us away from God. And the repented sin that's brought to the cross. The remedy is the confession. Still confused? Let me explain. By way, not of a parable, but of history. In the book of Joshua chapter 7. In fact, well, go backwards for a minute to chapter 6, all right? I really want to be in 7, but go back to 6 for a moment. Joshua is preparing. They're going to take Jericho. And many of you know the story. They march around seven days. They march around once. The whole people of Israel are under an order to remain silent. They quietly march around and go home one day. Day two, they march around and go home. Day three, four, five, six, the same thing. By now, I'm sure that the citizens of Jericho are laughing, that the guards are thinking that the Israelites have no way in and they're perplexed. But the seventh day, after they go around the first time, they keep marching until they've gone around the second time, and then a third time, fourth time. As you know, they were commanded that day to go around seven times. And at the end of the seventh, Joshua gives an order telling the people that the city is under a ban. The gold, the silver, and the bronze are to be put into the treasury of the Lord. Everything else is to be burned and destroyed. In fact, in verses 16 and seven, I'm sorry, 17 and 18 of chapter 6, Joshua says the following. And the city shall be accursed, literally meaning under the ban, even it and all therein, the Lord to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that were sent. And ye, and ye, in any wise, Keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. And the people shouted and the walls fell. But then in chapter 7, we run into the interesting situation of Achan. You see, Achan saw one of the beautiful garments in one of the homes that they sacked and he found a bar of gold and some silver coins and he collected these things secretly. He took them to his tent and he he pulled up the flooring and he dug a hole and he hid these things. And in Joshua chapter 7, The people of God, the next city they had to attack was a city called Ai. And when the spies came back from Ai, they said, Joshua, we don't need to send all the people. This is a small city. They are weak. They are not well protected. Send 3,000 men and we will take it easily. Now, we could argue perhaps that was arrogant. I have heard people try to teach that they failed at AI because of that arrogance, but I I know that it's not that. God tells us exactly why they fail. See, when they get to AI, they are routed by the people of AI. They run for their lives, and 36 men of Israel, 36 choice soldiers, fall and die in the combat. And Joshua rends his garment and the elders of Israel tear their clothes and they pour sand on their heads and they cry out 
before the Ark of the Covenant. And Joshua was very angry, like, God, why, why did you bring us over the Jordan? To die? Surely the people of the land will hear that the tiny city, forget about Jericho, they're going to hear that AI routed us and they're going to band together and they're going to surround us and we will all die. God, why are you doing this? And God's answer to Joshua's despair is awesome. Get up. Get thee up. Wherefore do you lie upon your face? Israel, Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. Listen to the answer from God. The nation, the people have sinned and have transgressed my covenant. This is God's answer. Israel, the nation, sinned. Who sinned? Achan, no. God has a controversy with the whole nation. And so I want to point out to you something here, brothers and sisters, that we often lose in our day. We here, especially in the West generally, and here especially in America, lose this because we are such an individualistic culture. And we are so individually, individualistically minded that we believe that I and I alone If I tithe, I will be blessed. If I pray, I will be answered. If I do this, I will get this. And if I keep myself from sin, well, well, I will be blessed. And if I sin, well, my sin's my business. But we learn from Achan and Ai that my sin finding me out can have devastating repercussions. Achan sinned, and 36 men who probably knew nothing about Achan's sin died. Why did they die? Because Achan brought the curse upon the house by his secret sin. Do you hear that? The people who died, died because somebody else sinned. Why? Brothers and sisters, understand, God is a righteous judge and he is an honest judge. But you have got to understand something here. There are corporate blessings and corporate curses. That's why the emphasis in Paul's letter to remind us we are one body. That's why John says to us, how can you say you love God who you cannot see when you hate your brother who you see? How can I call you brother or sister? How can I call you Christian and not love you? How do I do that? You see, my brothers, my sisters, therein is the trouble. Therein is the problem. Do you understand? Do you understand? Achan sinned and brought a curse upon the house. We are one body. Listen, if you don't understand, let me put it another way you might understand. Have you ever been walking through the house and stubbed your toe really badly. I don't mean you just bumped it. Like you you stubbed it and cut it open. One little toe is hurt. And your whole foot hurts. And because your whole foot hurts. You walk differently. And because you walk differently. You put stress upon your ankles. And maybe even upon your knee. Ever injure a finger. And suddenly your whole hand. Just doesn't work right. And every time you try to use the other fingers. The one finger hurts. And they start hurting. Ever have a kink in your neck? And because you've got a little problem just in this one spot in your neck, you can't move your shoulders, your arms, your head, your eyes. Think about it, brethren. We are one body. And your secret sin affects your home. It affects your children. It affects your husband. It affects your wife. 
It affects your mom and your dad. It affects the people in your household. When you bring your secret, unrepented sin into the house of God, it affects the congregation. It affects the pastor. How many people are lost? How many people are going to hell? How many prayers are unanswered? Because we hold on to secret sin. Want more proof? What about David and what he did with and to Bathsheba? Her first child died. The babe was innocent. Yet he dies. Why? Because David held on to his sin. Oh no, my brother, he repented. Right. He repented after he was caught. And thank God that he at least repented when he was caught. But you understand, my brethren, unrepented sin opens doors to the demonic. I'm not even going to debate with you, well, can a Christian be, you know, demon-possessed? I'm not talking about that. Listen, if I open your front door and let some bad men in, they don't have to touch you to make your life miserable being in your house. If they're smoking and they're drinking and they're carousing and they're dirtying things and they're eating your food, they can cause you much suffering without ever laying a hand on you. So let's not even get into that debate tonight. Let's talk about the reality. When you sin and are unrepentant, number one, you have an effect in the spiritual You disgrace God, you shame the angels, and you invite the demonic. You have an effect upon your heart and your soul. Unrepented sin hardens the heart against the word of God. You begin having more trouble praying. You don't want to pray. You can't read your Bible. You don't want to go to church. Listen, I have learned from years and years of doing evangelism. I used to try, I'd be doing street evangelism and someone would confront me and they don't want to believe and I would try to argue them into the kingdom of God. And after a while, you know what I learned? If they truly do not want to know Jesus, there's sin that they're trying to hide. There's sin that they love more than they would love freedom. There is sin that they love more than they would love forgiveness. There is sin that they love more than they would love heaven. And if I can get to the sin and bring them to a place of repentance, they'll accept Jesus. That's why our age suffers much from Preaching that doesn't preach on sin, that doesn't convict the sinner. No one who is unconvicted needs a savior. How many of you listening to my voice right now have a defense attorney? If you answered yes, it's because someone's brought a charge against you. I have no defense attorney. Why? I have no case. But if somebody accused me, if the cops showed up at my door saying, well, you're being accused of this and this and you're under arrest. Now I would want an attorney. Now I'm going to need a deliverer. Now I'm going to need someone who knows how to get me out. You don't need Jesus as a savior till you know how lost you are. But you see, my brother and my sisters, once you've been saved. But you latch on to a sin and it goes unrepented. You see, Achan had many opportunities to repent. After he brought the garment and the gold and the silver home. If he pulled up the flooring of the tent and had to hide it. Then his family had to know and he had opportunity to repent. But instead, he brings them into his sin. When... The camp of Israel fell in AI. He had an opportunity to cry out and say, well, maybe, maybe it was my sin that caused this. When Joshua was crying out to the Lord and the Lord said, get up. There's sin in the camp. Achan could have run and said, I'm the man, like David said, I'm the man. Oh, Lord, forgive me. And he could have torn his garments and he could have repented. But you know what happened? 
If you don't know the story, here's what happened with Achan. And here's the difference between Achan and David. Both men are responsible for the deaths of innocent men. David had to kill your had to kill Bathsheba's husband. David had to lie. David had to cover things up. Well, Achan had to physically cover things. And Achan is responsible for the death of 36 innocent men. But when God told Joshua the sin in the camp, he told Joshua, make it known publicly. Tell the entire camp of Israel to consecrate themselves. And tomorrow I will call to you and you will take lots and call the tribe by lot that I call. And then within that tribe, the, 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 the group within the tribe and within that group, the family and within that family, the individual. So once God said that, Achan had an opportunity to run and say, wait, no, don't waste your time. I'm the man and confess. I thoroughly believe Achan would have been forgiven for our God doesn't change. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to cleanse us, to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But Achan did not repent. He did not repent. When his family found out, he did not repent when the 36 died. He did not repent. He had all night. See, this is the mercy of God. Why didn't God just say, call him up right now? He was giving Achan time to repent. But Achan didn't repent all night. And when the morning came and the lot was cast on the tribe of Judah, he did not repent. And when the lot was cast upon the heritage of Achan's great-grandfather, he did not repent. And only when his name was called and he was brought forth and Joshua said, Son, give glory to God. Tell the truth. What have you done? Keep in mind, by then Joshua would have sent people to go check out his tent, to go look for the thing that's under the band. Now Achan had no choice. He confesses because he's caught. Brothers and sisters, hear me please. There is a huge difference between true confession and a caught confession. A man or woman caught in their sin may confess and they may be sorry. But they're often sorry that they got caught, not sorry for what they did. They're sorry because the consequence is coming. Achan knew. Joshua had announced what God, in fact, God's penalty was the man who did this. He and everything he owns and his whole family with him should be burned. So they knew what was coming. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what the situation was. He knew. He knew. But he didn't repent. It was only when he had no choice that he confesses it because now he's scared. Now he's caught. You see, my brother and sister, God said, your sin will find you out. You can hide it if you want. You can try to put nice names on it. You know, today we, we play a game of semantics. We don't have sodomites. We have people who are gay. We don't have people who are liars. We tell little white lies. But sin is sin no matter how you color it. We don't have sinners. We have people who make a lifestyle choice. We don't have adulterers. We have open marriages. Brothers and sisters, hear me. You can put whatever title you want on a thing. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. And for those of you going, yeah, but we're not under the law, brother. Right. It's worse because, you see, under the law, they were responsible themselves to be righteous. Under grace, we have the grace of God, the power of God to overcome sin. We have the Holy Spirit of the living God indwelling us. We have the blood of Jesus Christ to cover us. And this is why Jesus says, 
You've heard it said, speaking of the law, do not murder. But I tell you, if you're angry without cause against your brother, you're a murderer already. Why? Because where does murder come from? From a heart that's jealous and hateful. Sin flows from a heart. An unrepented sin, secret sin, hidden sin that's done over and over and over again with impunity, without feeling sorry, without feeling sad, without remorse, leads to a hardened and putrefied heart that will never confess unless it's caught. And then it will give an empty confession because its confession is not, oh God, I'm sorry. Not, oh Lord, forgive me. Oh God, I've disgraced you. Oh God, I've disgraced the people. It's, oh no, please don't let me suffer. I have learned over decades walking with Christ That if I sin secretly, my home is out of order and in disarray. If I sin secretly, I lose my power and authority as a Christian on my job. But when, listen, brothers and sisters, I know that we're not perfect. But when I take my issues, when I take my sin, when I bring it to the foot of the cross, when I cry out and say, oh, Lord, God, forgive me. I'm the man. I've done this. When I come to God, what does his word say? A broken spirit and a contrite heart. Maybe you're listening to me right now because this is not a message of condemnation. Maybe you're battling an addiction. Maybe you feel like Paul, oh wretched man that I am. There's a thing I want to do. I want to pray. I want to read my Bible. I want to live right. I want to honor my marriage commitment. I want to raise my kids the right way. I want to tell the truth. I want to be honest. I want to be honest with my money. I want to do the things that are pleasing to God, but I find myself avoiding them and then I find myself doing the very thing I want to avoid. I want to tell the truth, but I find myself telling a lie. I want to put this thing down. I want to stop drinking. I want to stop the drugs. I want to stop. You fill in the blank. But I feel so powerless. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me? Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you tonight, my brothers and my sisters, you got to go back to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and, and, and. To cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What do you do? Brother and sister, listen, sanctification is a process. Sanctification is not a momentary thing. Listen, I know. Listen, I've heard the stories of people who were miraculously delivered of addiction instantaneously. We love those stories. But then we also use those stories to justify our sin. Well, God didn't deliver me immediately, so maybe I'm allowed to do this, or maybe I'm just wretched, or we'll believe the lie of the enemy. Maybe God just doesn't love me the way he loves them. Listen, don't do that. God knows why he does what he does. Listen, I have had, when, when I came to the Lord, there were certain sinful habits immediately changed. Immediately, my nature changed. I just couldn't do it anymore. But I had others that I struggled with for years and had to go through a process of sanctification. But what kept me in the will of God and what kept me in the family of God and what kept me in the community of faith is not that I walked perfectly before the Lord at all times, but that I was repentant. That when I sinned, it broke my heart. That when I sinned, I came to God and this is still the rule. I'll run to God. You see, if your sin forces you to run to God, it forces you to cry out to him. If 
when you stumble, you cry out to God. You may stumble, but you will not fall. And God will work with you. And God will forgive you. And God will cleanse you. And God will change your nature. And God will give you strength day by day. And day by day, you will be changed from image to image into the glory of Christ. But if you start making excuses for your sin, and in those excuses, you start to think you have no need to confess and repent. You will eventually believe the lie that God doesn't see me, that my sin doesn't affect anyone else. Your heart will grow so hard to it that you will never repent. Your sin will push you away from God. And your sin one day will find you out. And when it does, and when its consequences come, You'll cry, why, 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 why didn't I stop this sooner? But you have an opportunity tonight if you're listening to me. You want to be free? You want to have authority? You want to walk in the will of God? You want to do right by God? If you're living with hidden, unrepented sin, then come to the altar right now. Confess it and be made whole. What do I mean? Listen, watch the Old Testament saints, especially the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Anywhere they were where God moved or they needed God to move. If God moved, they built an altar. If they needed a move of God, they built an altar right there. They grabbed some stones. Build an altar right now in your home, right where you are. Don't need to grab any rocks. Don't go, don't rearrange the furniture. Just get down on your knees. If you can't get down on your knees, maybe you're arthritic. Maybe it hurts too much to get down. Let's, let's be real. Some of you, if you got down, you won't be able to get back up. Okay. Lift your hands. Build an altar right now where you're sitting, right now where you're standing. Stand up. Lift your hands to God and begin to confess your sin. Now, I know some of you, because you're... you're very religiously trained. You're waiting for me to walk you through some words and say, now, you're going to repeat after me. But here's the thing. I don't know your sin. So I can't walk you through this prayer. And if I do, some of you will believe, well, there's the magic prayer. I, I, I'm not your intermediary. I'm here to draw you to Repentance. But repentance happens between an individual and his or her God. You have to go to the cross. So I I do want to pray for you. I am going to pray for you. But right now while I'm speaking, and hopefully some of you have started doing it already. Lift up your hands. If you have unrepented sin, lift up your hands and begin to confess it to God. I know right now there's someone listening to this and then the tears are starting to flow. The tears are good, but they're not enough. You've got to give word to your repentance. Confess the sin. And by the way, call it what it is. Don't lie to God. If you're going to confess to God by going, well, you know, God, I've got this little behavior. No, I've got this lifestyle. No, I've got this orientation. No. Call it what it is, whatever it is. Well, I've got this thing. No, I've got this situation. No, there's sin in my heart. That's what makes me do what I do. If you lie, it's because you're a liar. If you steal, it's because you are a thief. Yeah, but I've been born again. Right. But your nature is still being renewed. Go to God and say, Lord, I've done this thing. And be honest with him. Listen, I've had situations. I have to tell God. I'm very honest with God. Lord, I hate what I'm doing because I know it hurts and offends you. I know my sin put Jesus on the cross. But but, but also, if I'm going to be completely honest, Father, I do this because part of me enjoys it. 
And if you do not help me, I will not stop, oh God. See, that's a wretched man that I am. Cry out, Lord, I need your help. I need a savior. I need saving. I need sanctification. Oh God, I need you. Cry out to him. Cry out. Cry aloud. Yeah, but people in my house will hear me. Let them hear you. Let them hear you in your house. Let them hear you in the streets. It doesn't matter. Pray quietly. Pray loud. If you need to shout, shout. If you need to whisper, whisper. This is between you and God. Whatever it is that you need to do, let it out. Keep going. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now, and I know that there are those repenting right now. Some quietly, some loud. Some with tears and trembling and some in the solitude of their heart. Some with hands uplifted and some with heads bowed down. Father, whatever their circumstance or situation, you see the heart. Father, your word has hit its mark in their heart and drawn them to repentance. Lord, I remind you of your word. You said, if we confess our sin. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I pray right now, Lord God, that you would forgive, that you would wash, that you would cleanse, that you would deliver, Lord God, these, your people, right now. Right now, Lord God. And more than that, I pray, Lord God, that you would give them your Holy Spirit. That those who have come to you in repentance, trembling, oh God, would be empowered by your Holy Spirit to live in the freedom that Christ died to purchase for us. Finally, Lord, I pray right now, if there are those listening who have never made Jesus Christ Lord of their life and they're convicted, but not necessarily saved. Conception, Lord, is not birth, but they're at the beginning. They've become aware of their sin. Father, for them, I pray that further conviction would come upon their heart and that they would lift their hands right now and acknowledge their need of a Savior. That, Lord, they would speak to you and admit their sin and ask for your saving grace. And ask not just for your forgiveness, but that they would acknowledge devoid of your help, they will not stop. Their sin will continue till they die unless you save them. And in that acknowledgement and in that cry for help, I pray, Lord God, that you would save them and sanctify them and deliver them in Christ Jesus' name. And Lord, finally, if the sins of which your people have repented today have caused doors to open to demonic influence, to diabolical powers, I pray, Lord God, that you close every door. For you are he who closes and no man opens. You open and no man shuts. Close the door to what is evil and open the door to what is holy and righteous and true in you. So that your people may live in the freedom you died to purchase for us. These things I ask in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful message tonight. Unrepented Praise sin. God. Be sure your sins will find you out. Brother Peter, um, I want you to give out your contact information. Tell people about your ministry and anything you'd like to mention. Amen. Brothers and sisters, listen. I started in ministry years ago with this thought. And I want to continue that thought tonight. It really is not important who I am. Some of you listening know me. Praise God. Some of you listening have never heard of me. 
praise God even more. The the message is far more important than the messenger. What is important tonight is that you have heard a voice crying out in your wilderness for God. And that's all we are. The ministry that I lead is called Kol Kata Christ. It's taken from Isaiah chapter, it's taken from Isaiah 40 verse 3. The answer John the Baptist gave when asked who he is. He said, I am a voice crying out in the wilderness. If you have heard God's voice through my voice tonight, let your repentance be true and your life be changed. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to kqcministries.org. You can email us at kqcministries at gmail.com. If you have SoundCloud, you can follow us at KQC Ministries, and a lot of our previous sermons are there. I will be honest, I've not added anything new in a, in a while, but what's there will definitely, definitely be worth your listening. And so I encourage you, be encouraged, be in contact, be in prayer. Amen. My friend, we love and appreciate you. Great to be with you tonight. Look at your schedule for February and let me know what you got available. Let's get you back on. I was just going to say, um, I'll text you a couple of dates in February. I'm just, I'm waiting on a, uh, on a particular piece of information that will let me know for sure uh, what days I'm free. But I'll send you at least one for now and then. I'm trying to make sure I can get a second one in there. Hey, that would be great, my friend. I appreciate it. And um, you have a great weekend over there. We'll see you again real soon, Brother Peter. All right. God bless you, Brother Shannon. And lots of love to your family. Um, you guys are daily in my prayers. I really do pray. And God, continue to lift up your kids, your family, and bless you. Um, I'm obviously aware that it's, it's, it's not easy raising kids for Christ in this generation. Um, but keep doing it. It's the most important thing. One of the most important things we do for his glory. So God bless you and know you're, you're covered in prayer daily. Love you, brother. Love you too. We appreciate that, my friend. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Folks, that was Pastor Peter Torres, Cold Cutter Christ Ministries. That was a powerful message tonight. I'll get it up pretty quickly for you. We're going to have later in the evening, we're going to have Charles Jernigan tonight. We're going to have also Rose Betancourt live from Miracle Valley and World Ministries. Brother John has a night off, and we're going to see him again next week. Lift him up in prayer there. And um, we had some great programs yesterday all week actually I've got them all uploaded for you so please enjoy them they're free you can stream them download them go to my website omegamanradio.com and that will give you links to the archives or go directly to omegaman.podbean.com you can go there from a computer or get the Podbean app now there are three ways to tune in live you may be tuning in on MixLR that's one way I see somebody tuning in by phone You can also listen by phone for the first few programs. Area code 515-602-9734. And then, of course, we have uh, a new way to listen. As of, you know, last year, I set up IceCast. That's its own player. Few people take advantage of that. That's directly at my website. Just go over and click on the player, and it will start. It's called IceCast, which is kind of cool. So three ways to tune in. Uh, just don't try to listen to two of them at the same time or you'll get a loop. You'll, you'll hear audio coming from two different directions. So if that happens, you've got more than one player running. Okay, uh, let's see. So um, we're going to kick off <clears throat> our marathon every night, typically Monday through Friday, s- 7 p.m. till we finish. Now we'll do early bird shows like tonight. 
and uh, from time to time, and also we'll have our international shows on Wednesdays. Those are typically two to three programs. Every Wednesday, we have Michael Cummins at 10 a.m. Eastern, and sometimes we do at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. as well. Next week, of course, we'll have uh, Michael Cummins and Robert Avila will join us. And the following week, it should be David Measures, Elvis Newhart, and Michael Cummins. We're doing about 80 to 100 shows right now at our current marathon level. So I'm expecting to hit 11,000 episodes probably in the next three months. And then, of course, we're, uh, as of June 22nd, we've been on 14 years. Hard to believe that, man. Wow, where's the time gone? It has flown. Really, it has. I remember just starting out, 2010, from the uh, the Red Bunker in Gainesville, Georgia. Well, got a long ways to go still, and that's what we're going we're gonna to endeavor to do, go as far as we can. I want to thank you out there who support this program. We are 100% listener-supported, and it's a great help to us, those that have supported keep fueling the machine. God richly bless you. If you'd like to come on board and help us out at any time, uh, we have a couple ways to give there on the website. Check that out. we got PayPal, Zelly, GoFundMe, Cash App, even have a mailing address that I check every couple weeks. So, no pressure there, but if you want to do that, there's ways to do it. OmegaManRadio.com We are not a 501c3. Not against that be great to be able to give a tax write-off, but we're not registered to do that. I don't know if we ever will. But uh, we do appreciate free will and love offerings, so there we are. Okay, what we're going to do now is I'm going to save this program, and we're going to crank up the next one. Uh, speak my word coming up next. Get ready to refresh.